Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, my name is Rachel from Sterling. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal or financial product advice. Mani Narpudni, Nainari Kala. Hello, it is good you all came. My name is Kala. Tonight, on behalf of My Millennial Money, everyone here in the room and everyone listening to this recording, I acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are traditional custodians of the lands across Australia on which we all live, work and play. Tonight, we're on the lands of the Ghana people and I thank them for sharing their beautiful lands and waters of the Adelaide region. I appreciate and respect the heritage, connection and relationship they have with the land as the first people of this nation. I pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and recognise and respect the unique and irreplaceable contributions that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have made and continue to make to this nation of ours. To all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here tonight or listening to this recording, thank you. Nakutha, good night. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hello, Adelaide. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James and this guy is... John Pigeon. And we are live from Adelaide as part of our national tour. Tonight, we're going to be having lots of fun. We're answering lots of questions. They're well lubricated. They're well hydrated. It's a school night in Adelaide. What we're so thankful that everybody has come out to meet us, to greet us. And it's been an awesome time on tour so far. Absolutely. How much do you like Adelaide? Oh, 11 out of 10. Yeah, easily. Yeah. I love it. I was uh, walking this morning. Last year when I was here in the Rundle Mall arcade, I bought that little uh, coin that had Caesar's head on it for like heaps of dollars. I went walking this morning. I'm like, oh, I might go and buy another coin. Uh, they had closed, closed down. Closed down. So it's got save it. my money. Yeah. But uh, we can't do this episode without our show partner, Tao. At Tao, they care about the health of their customers and they look for new ways to help customers live a healthy and full life. This focus continues through a customer's entire journey with them, beginning with product and service design through to the health and well-being services they provide during recovery. For more information, click the link in the show notes or if you'd like to speak to a financial advisor about organizing some protection in your own life, head to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help and I'd be more than happy to introduce you to a quality financial advisor. Now, before we get started on the recording, thank you so much to ING and BPay. We'll share a little bit more about ING and BPay later in the episode. But until then, you ready to answer some questions with these lovely people? Let's do it. All right, let's get it on. First question, John, is from a gentleman at the back cable. He didn't want to you know, jump up here and talk, hmm. but he was asking me about... You know, atomic habits and setting habits, yes. setting goals. James Clear. James Clear, prioritizing. How do you, in your own life mm. and your own family life, yes. set a new goal and start to form a habit around that goal to meet the goal? Or while you're forming that habit and you meet the goal, how do you keep the habit in place? 
so you can continue for your next financial or life goal? Mm. <laughs> wow. Glad I got prepped on that question. <laughs> um, look, I have a little bit of a weird process. I use my calendar to put in my habits and they're, they're like meeting requests to me. And I put them in in interesting times so it, it almost shocks me into completing that habit. Because um, I'm a big believer, similar to James, the author, in that if you get your habits right and you're consistent with your habits that the goals will take care of themselves. Um, I, I do write down goals specific on a, on a separate um, document that I have and review that annually, but the habit side of things is the critical part for me. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? I try and do one thing at a time in very small doses and... You know, a lot of you have listened to the show for a long time and learned of my struggles around, you know, the, the, the delicious Devil's Water Coke Zero and, you know, Ben and Jerry's. And, you know, I, I thought I, I had stopped drinking, you know, the Devil's Water Coke Zero, Coke No Sugar. And then it like crept back in during lockdown and stuff. And before I knew it, when I was at Woolworths, I'd be walking out with a, my trolley and there'd be like a four pack of bottles and, you know, because it's a bit classy in bottles what, and tastes nicer. You don't nicer. Do a 24 or 30 pack? No, nah, well, I'm not an addict, John. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I don't have to buy in bulk. If they got to the stage where I'll stuff it, I'll just buy a 20 pack. <laughs> but um, I thought, oh, hang on, this is a problem. And just as the problem crept into my life, I had to know it was a problem. And this has got nothing to do with money, but there's such a correlation between our personal habits and behaviours, right, and money. So I made a decision the other day that I'm just not like this was two months ago. I'm just stopping doing it. And I think Jess and the team on tour are like, oh, do you want a Coke? No sugar on the stage. And I'm like, nope, I don't drink that anymore. So I'm literally one thing at a time. I was wondering why there were no minties here tonight. Yeah. Was that because <laughs> of you and your habits? Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's, and if anyone's got an example how they've built a habit in their life and you are brave enough to put your hand up, We'll have a chat because there's people all over Australia that want to learn from good people like you. I do one thing at a time and one thing, you know, just build that. And, you know, we went out to Betty's Burgers across the road the other night. We did. And Nathan had a Coke. I had a glass of water. Yeah, very well. I had a free strange. ice cream at the end. <laughs> <For taking laughs> they a gave us an ice cream. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just think when it comes to our money and setting our financial habits – before we press record tonight, we did a bit of an exercise with our goals. It wasn't run along and try and do everything at once. It was strip it back and see what was the absolute priority and then how can we build some goals and habits around that single priority because we actually can't do it all at once. Does that kind of help, Cable? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that all sounds great. Mm. Um, but there's a, like, a butt coming, you guys, yeah. Um, you know, you guys have each done like big things in your lives and everything, right? And like big complex things like, you know, starting the podcast and- Relative to who? Uh, well, relatively to yourself, to anyone, right? Like starting like starting property advising, like that's a big deal. Um, and, and like with respect, yeah. like that's more complicated than um, quitting Coke Zero. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, when I built a business over 13 years and transitioned out of that business and when I merged that with another company, it was a very good payday. But when I started that, 
I still remember my first client. My same principles were in place. I'm starting small. I'm just focusing on helping the one person and helping them really well. And I had a philosophy that the more people I help, the better that I'll do because that's just fact, right? And I just took it down to each and in, each and every individual client that I met, I'm going to do the best thing possible for me to help them. And the same with this podcast, like the more people I help, the bigger the podcast grows, sure, we'll make more money. But for me, every time I pick up this microphone, I am speaking to the cable in Adelaide. I don't care that there's thousands of people listening because I want to talk to you. I want to try and connect with you because a podcast, it's a conversation. Like you're all in the Facebook group. The reason we do these events, we're on the ground, we're listening. We do our census every year to know. So yes, it is different to Coke Zero, but it's also not because I started small. When we first started this podcast, the first episode that we did got 200 listens, like 200. And that was huge for us at the time. I'm like, far out. Imagine being in a room and you're talking to 200 people. And all we did was just, we made a commitment that we are doing this every week for the next 12 months, come hell or high water. At the end of the 12 months, we've given it a good shake. Let's make a call. Let's see if we can see signs of life. And we identified that signs of life in the podcast world was growth, listeners growing. Where we fast forward now, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all across Australia and the world that are listening. But I don't think we could have handled that instant blow up. So in my life, it was more about slow, organic, natural growth, slow, organic, natural goals. So back to getting a new client in my first business. Sure, I stepped out and really took a risk in starting my own business, but it was just one at a time, focus on the good, focus on the good. With our investing, you might have just started and had an investment account. You're doing $10 a week. You've got to start that habit of $10 a week because if you don't start and own the $10 a week and the $100 a week, if you win lotto or get that big inheritance and that walks into your life, you're not going to have those habits underneath. You're probably going to blow it. Does that help? It does? Yeah. So, so. Just, just to add to all that, Cable, I think also the goals and what I sense a little bit of that, I may be wrong, but the goals need to be specific to you and don't compare yourself to anyone else who's also out there setting goals. So you made mention of what we've done and what we're doing. Like we're running our own show. Right, and we're setting our own goals. Like I still tru- um, struggle with doing the laundry and reading to the kids at night. Like we're still human beings. So don't compare yourself to anyone else out there. Don't set your own habits, set your own goals, and a win for you is a win for you, not comparing yourself to someone who's older or smarter or taller or whatever. And on that, like, you know, we are a podcast. Everyone here can Google Australian podcast ranker, Right. And it's a Triton thing and you can open it up, see every month, every Australian podcast, the top 50 tells you how many people listen, you know, the ads and all that stuff. I've elected to opt out of that because I don't want to play that game. I just want to focus on doing good things for our audience. So I'm not about having the podcast empire. And I think weirdly when you, you've, 
you just focus on doing what you're doing and doing it well. And all I care about right now is the, you know, 75 people in this room and encouraging you. Turn away the noise. Like, honestly, and this is actually hilarious, right? This is when why I, the podcast goes till 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when, I started my, when I started my business, I remember the first tax bill I got was $5,000. It gave me a stroke. Mm. And you look back and you're like, far out. I wish it was 5000 now. Like, I don't know. I just, I just want to encourage you, mate, in your life just to pick one thing, double down, turn out all the noise. It's important to you. I'll do it my way. Tell everyone else to shut up. You know, and the only person you can compare yourself to is the you of yesterday. And that's why I unsubscribe from all the podcast rankers because it's just, I don't want the empire. I don't want to be the biggest. I don't want to be the best. Clearly, you got me. So it's not going to be the best. But because I don't want to get caught up in that comparison thing, I just want to do the best that I can for our audience. And with my financial goals, I don't compare them to anyone else. I just do what I want to do. And you know what, Cable? I think you've won the mystery box from Everest well. Thanks for that. It's a mystery box. Actually, I'll get Scott to come down from Everest Wealth. There's a question here from Tom, and he's going to read this question. My super has gone down $4,000 in the last two months, which is just under my total extras contribution for the last year. Is it wise to stop extra contributions to my super and save for emergencies? So, Scott, local uh, event partner, Everest Wealth, Tom's thrown an extra four grand in to super, but it's, it's evaporated. Gone. Where's it gone? <laughs> Where's it gone? Um, great question. We get it all the time. Um, as markets fluctuate in, in, in value over the years, um, money, your super money goes up, it goes down. So, I guess there's two reasons why someone would contribute extra to super. It would be to build a better retirement. Now, you're a younger fella, assuming you're late 20s or something like that. So, you've got 35 years until you can access this money. So, with the market going down, you putting extra money in, you're actually buying assets at a much cheaper price. So when the market does turn and starts appreciating again, you've got more units or more shares or more assets that are going to grow faster. So without knowing your personal situation, the general advice disclaimer, but I would say just stick to your, your original plan and don't deviate a, a, across from that unless you haven't got an emergency fund in your own um, that, you, that you're not happy with and stuff like that. Focus on that first and then maybe go back to that if that's the case. Yeah, because it's so important that, you know, with the volatile markets over the last few months, there's been lots of comments. Should I throw my emergency fund into the stock market? It's like, well, no, that's not an emergency. That's you being greedy. <laughs> exactly right. And the last um, month, the share markets have gone up 5 6% as well. So that's just the world we live in the last few years since COVID. There's going to be a lot of volatility. It's not going to stop anytime soon. So if you just stick to your, your original plan of why you started investing in your own name or your, why you're putting extra into super and not trying to be um, picky and, and try and guess when it's going to go down and move your super to cash and then back to high growth, just stick to the plan for the, the long journey. Because as humans, we get tied up in the day-on-day and the news cycles and we hate loss more than we love gain. And I just think if in doubt, zoom out, you know, it's going to be rocky in the short term, more so than ever before. 
and and like you've said before, sorry to cut you off, but um, cut away. It's my show now. Yeah. Um, you've said many a time about deleting deleting the apps. So just don't log into your super fund for a while and just keep doing it. Don't delete your um, investment apps as well. Yeah. Who here looks at their investment apps or super every week? Wow. Oh my gosh. Is it out of, okay, put your hand up if it's out of fear or out of excitement? Excitement? Or both, yeah. Yeah, I, um, gosh, I got my superannuation quarterly report today and it was the first time I'm like, ooh, didn't know I had that in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think the more you look at it, the more you'd be tempted to put your mitts on it if it goes down. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. But anyway, thanks, Scott, from Everest Wealth. You, they've, they've helped clients all over Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, uh, and they've been great supporters of the show. Okay, John, we'll be back right after this. I really want to thank ING and BPay for getting behind our national tour. We honestly could not do it without them. Are you after a home loan? You could save a heap if you refinance with ING. Search ING Home Loans. Subject to credit approval and T's and C's. ING Bank Limited, Australian Credit Licence, 229823. To stay in control of your bill payments, use BPay. With BPay, you can pay your bills from the security of your online banking, choose which account to pay the bills, and even schedule payments for a time that suits you better. Say, after payday, scheduled payments are subject to systems and funds availability. BPay, see the PDS for further information. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, we're back. Danny, you've got a question. Do you want to uh, come down? And Yeah, come down. Give her a hand, everyone. What's your question tonight? My question is... Do you believe a financially independent life or lifestyle is easily achievable on a nine-to-five salary grind by slowly working your way up the ladder? Or is there greater opportunity and increased risk through uh, entrepreneurship? What do you think? 
I think they both have their pros and cons. Yeah. It's a good question. I personally think it is because it goes back to defining what is financial independence to you. And that could be, I want to work four days a week so I can have a long weekend. Or is it, I just want to grind away, I hate life, amass money, and then when I'm 45, go, all right, now I'm just working three days a week. So I think the entrepreneurship thing, it does come with a lot of risks and a certain temperament because you have to step out because when you run your own business, anyone here run their own business? Yeah, so us business owners, we wake up every day without a job, don't we? Because there's no guarantee that the money's going to walk in. Now, that is a, a risk profile muscle that you've got to work on. And a lot of the time people might do that on the side. So do you have in mind something that you might want to do on the side? I have something in the future that I might like to do. I work in the wine industry and there's always that little golden nugget that you might be able to make your own wine brand, make your own wine, have your own vineyard, that sort of thing. That's a lifestyle kind of dream. Yeah. But it's uh, also, there's a lot more involved than a lot of people think. There's a lot of capital. There's a lot of time. So. Yeah. So I think I would really encourage you you know, that is something that you want to do. If you have other goals, like I want to save and buy a house or if I want to save and travel, we can only do so much, right? For me in my own life, I wanted to build and get my business underway before I purchased my new home. But like you said, there's risks. So I would really encourage you because it is something that's capital intensive to really start journaling now about what your wine brand looks like to really start journaling now about how you would do it and write down as many things as possible for you to achieve that and start to walk down that road because it might be that it's a joint venture with someone else where they bring a bit of capital a bit of expertise on one part of the business and you come in with some other expertise and the planets align uh, in terms of the financial independence and retire early. My version of FIRE was actually achieved when I was 25 and quit my job and started my own business because from that day, I was living life on my own terms and that led into that loot thing that I talk about in the book. I'm just not of the view that I want to grind away nine to five and then after a certain time, then go and live my life and then go and do my things. I'm about how do I in the next 12 months, two years, start to live my ideal life today or relatively sooner. John, do you have any comments for Danny and everyone else here? It's a great question, Danny. Um, you mentioned the word grind. So for, for a lot of people, nine to five isn't a grind and it's actually enjoyment and it's actually motivating and stimulating and they, and they love what they do. So I think if you're finding it a grind, you've got to find another way. Now, that might not be running your own business because that's not for everyone. Um, but I think when you're chasing this fire thing, we've got to be able to think about, well, what, what's the end result and put some timeframes on that and why do I actually want it? Because similar to, to Glenn, like I got out of teaching at 25 and started my own business. And for all the teachers in the room, um, I felt free at 25 because I was no longer starting at 
8.30, finishing at 4 o'clock and, and had to turn up the next day at the same time and rinse and repeat. I just wasn't stimulated or motivated by that because that's all it was for me, whereas others just love it and, and eat that up and they can, they've got their own financial independence. Can they retire early? No, but do they love what they do? I think that's the key part of all that and I've, I've never really got the whole fire thing, to be honest, because... It really comes down to what you enjoy um, in your life. Mm. Does anyone have any experiences of their own life, how they've started to move to being financially independent? Nath, back left. Yeah. Name and tax file number for the record, please. Uh, Matthew. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I guess I lived a life for uh, two or three years where... I was doing everything I loved uh, in tourism, um, traveling the world, educating even retirees. Um, and I've moved into a world now of finance where I'm working at a bank uh, nine to five, you know, trying to work on that journey of progressing and finding that enjoyment. It's not necessarily easy because you're coming from a pathway where you haven't got a background in it, um, but you kind of want to explore that interest and that that urge you have um, but I guess it's almost the opposite of what we're talking about you know going from a nine to five to um, your own business that you're doing what you love I've gone from doing what I loved to uh, working on that daily grind so it's almost the opposite but is it a daily grind because you're still learning to ply the trade or is it is not as enjoyable as your previous job I think a daily grind is from um, almost finding it too easy, too simple. Uh, becomes repetitive. I think that's what I had in tourism that was different. It was every day was different. Uh, the blood was, you know, always flying, as we were just mentioning when you're on travel. But being in a job that you do the same thing uh, repetitively throughout each day is that, that daily grind. Mm. And so, so trying to progress and change what you do each day is yeah so I look at that similar to my teaching days as like well yeah I'm going to be doing this until I'm 65 and I've seen those people in the staff room that aren't real happy at that age and so my only option is uh, leading teacher assistant principal principal none of that excited me so I've got to go sideways which sounds like what you've done so now you're saying well this is all too easy already so I go up or out what you've touched on there, it goes back to what your personality is because I was thinking, you know, we were at a restaurant. You weren't. JP and I were in Hobart, uh, capital anti-pisto or anti- – how do you say that? Anti-pesto. Gosh. Anyway, it was a really good Italian place. Um, and I was thinking, it's like these chefs come every day and make the same meal every night. How boring. But they might just love it. And I was thinking, hang on, I sit down and record a podcast episode every day. How boring. But I love it. And then within that, when I was recording, the last time I had huge like anxiety, which hasn't peaked up for a long time, was when I read the audiobook. I had to go to North Sydney at 10.30 a.m., every single morning for like 10 days in a row and just that same thing every day, it just 
oh, it was, it was really bad. So for me, I've had to build my life that I don't have those restraints, but there's other people that love the nine to five government job. That's heaven for them. So it's finding out what your heaven is, Matthew. Uh, so yeah, awesome comment. Okay, Tegan, do you want to read it? Can I please know your best savings tips? Phil Thompson, Sky Wealth, coming up. What's your best saving tips? You're a financial advisor. You've been around the bush for a long time. Yep. Uh, you help people with all their insurances. Let me put you on the... Sorry, I do this all the time. My life tip is a lot of people look at the small things like Netflix subscription. That's like $10 a month. I don't know how much Netflix yeah. is. My brother pays for it. So that's, that's like the first savings tip. So I've got, looked at it. I got four siblings and I just asked them all for their subscriptions. So we've got Disney, Stan, Netflix, we got it all. Uh, and and we someone's always none. left carrying the bag. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not, not you. Me. That's yeah. my savings tip. So people try and look for the little wins and go, oh, if I just save on this. But, you know, it's, I've been a financial advisor for 10 years. A big thing I see is like, okay, how much are you earning? X amount. How much are you saving? Very little. How much are you spending? And it's often... Very small. Oh, I spend $20,000 a year for my overall and mortgages, you know, 15, 20, 30 grand a year. And it's like, okay, well, where's the 40 grand saving that we're missing out on? Like, don't look at the Netflix subscriptions and the Disney Plus. Like, yes, they could be good and they're worthwhile, but they're probably like the small wins. Yeah, so Often you're there's saying so many the big bigger rocks. wins. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's cool. overspending, you know, buying an extra pair of shoes or whatever that may be. Um, just kind of reviewing your overall budget and really going, let's not just think about those small things as a big, you know, life changer uh, and then just do an overall kind of values check and look at your overall spending. Yeah, awesome. Phil Thompson, Hold Sky on, Wealth, Phil. thanks for helping out all our listeners all around Australia for your savings tips. Now, put your hand up if you've got a savings tips. Carla. Automate everything. Yeah. Um, automate into savings, automate into bills accounts, and then don't touch it. Awesome. Yeah, like that. James? Sleep on it. Sleep on it, that's good. So not spending. Anyone else? Um, I guess the biggest thing is, um, again, automation, but just to give you an example, like if your payday is on Tuesday, make sure everything is out of your account by within the next 24 hours. Yeah. So what you've got left, like let's say $300 a fortnight, that's what you can spend on for food, like bills and stuff. That's the biggest thing, I think, I guess. What's yours, John? Uh, run, don't walk. <laughs> run, don't walk? <laughs> what does that mean? It's too... Well... Like, I know it's late, but... <laughs> Relevance, no, look, I, I think um, I think health is an important aspect of life, and I think we do spend a lot of money on not fads, but things that maybe aren't sustainable. So find what's enjoyable to you and and make that your healthy outcome, which invariably saves money. Yeah, my savings tip would be once you do the Glenn James spending plan, that automates, as Carla said, it systemates. It also removes you from the process. And if you get paid monthly, it will put you back on a weekly salary. If you get paid fortnightly, from my Cash Hub account, there's X amount that goes out of that every single month into my investment account. And it's been like that for years and I don't even notice it. Or another thing that you can do 
if you even salary sacrifice more money to superannuation in your pay, if you're a bit of a spender and, you know, go with me on this one, Johnny, you're debt-free, so you don't have any consumer debt, you go, I'm at least going to do, and I'll make a number up, $200 a pay, salary sacrifice into my superannuation, pick up a little tax giddy-up on the way, I'm investing more for the long-term into a long-term account, fundamentally, you'll always live on less than what you earn. Even if you spend everything else, kept out of debt and salary sacrificed to super, you'll always spend less than what you earn. So anyone else got any banging tips? Name and tax file number, please. <laughs> My name is Zviko and um, no comment on the tax file number. <laughs> <laughs> So my tip is to use a separate account for savings, for example, emergency savings. Um, for me, it's just too tempting if I use the same bank for, yeah, everything to just transfer money. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I do. And it's just too hard to transfer money and you also have to think about it a bit and then you feel bad. So, yeah. yeah, 100%. Any last victims? We've got Alex and Cable. Go. We're on borrow time. We've got to get these people home to bed. Uh, I'd say track it visually, like on a graph, so you can see it like doot, 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 going up. Yeah, and in the Facebook group, just search in the files net worth tracker. There's a free spreadsheet that I made where you can update it, I think, every month to see your net worth increase. Alex. Uh, minimise the amount of cards you put on your Apple Pay because otherwise it's too tempting. Face ID gets you every time. Yes, it does. Um, Public school instead of private, save so 40 grand a year. All right, so there you go. Savings tips. You can always search the Facebook group for savings tips. And our last question of the night is from Nicole. You're 23 and your goal is to buy a house and move out. So what's your question here? Um, so my question was, is it worth taking a small loan only to build a credit score? Do banks even care about this or do they really only care about if you've had a good income for the last few years? Mm. Simple answer, no. No, it's not an issue. Effectively, the best thing you can do for your credit score is... Hey everyone, I'm just jumping in and I'm recording this answer after the event because I don't think I did it justice uh, for Nicole. But the answer is no. You do not need to get a credit card. You do not need to get a loan. You do not need to get any sort of debt before you want to buy a house, before you want to maybe get a car loan in the future or whatnot. It's important to understand the the way that credit scores work in Australia. There's effectively three credit bureaus and they're three credit companies. And that is Equifax, Experian and Illion. Now, what happens is... If I go for a mortgage with ING, our tour partners, they may use one or two credit bureaus. It'd be very rare that a credit provider would sweep all three bureaus, but I'm not sure. And what they would do, they would build a credit profile based on the information that you've given them. So, you've got savings in your account before your mortgage, you've got... Um, all your bills are paid up to date. There's no defaults on any of the uh, credit reports that they get and they can just make a judgment call. So, if you've never had any debt before and you wanted to get a home loan, 
if you've got your bills paid up to date, if you've got your cash saved, if you've got good savings habits as well, so you can prove that you've constantly saved for three or six months, that's the best shot you'll ever have at getting a mortgage. Now, when are credit reports of value to the other lenders and other providers? Well, they actually track uh, real-time payment data now. So, that would mean if you've got a personal loan that you're trying to pay off, and I use Equifax uh, myself, and I'll tell you why after I finish this, but what they will do is they will, you'll see with that debt that it'll have all the months like January, February, March, April, May, June, July, and there'll be like green ticks next to it for that debt. So, banks and lenders will know that you're paying your debt on time or conversely, Uh, If you have a phone bill or an electricity bill and you're uh, not up to date on that bill and then that bill goes into collections, that will then appear on your credit file that you haven't paid your bill and that's not a good thing. So, if a bank or lender are looking at you to, to basically give you money for a mortgage and you've got a couple of defaults where you haven't paid an electricity bill or you left the rental and you didn't change your address and they couldn't contact you and you still owe them $200, that's not at all good for your credit uh, file because it will be discovered as a default. Now, when it comes to the credit profiles, you might think, well, I've never approached Equifax, Experian or Illion and given them my information to create a credit profile. No, you haven't, but... What happens is the first time that you ever go and get a credit product or a credit or basically get credit and you might be thinking, well, I've, I've never had a loan or a credit card. But if you've had a post-pay phone plan or an electricity bill, you are technically borrowing money for that month until you pay it. So, the first time you ever use a service, it's usually in the privacy policy of the products that you're signing up to that they'll sweep uh, the credit reporting bureaus. And likewise, what they will do is the first time you get a phone plan or an electricity bill, if you don't have an account at those credit bureaus, they'll just make one for your name, your age, your date of birth and address. So, I personally pay for a monthly service through Equifax and I pay, I think it's like $15 a month I get alerts if there is an an inquiry on my credit profile with Equifax. Now, if somebody goes and steals my identity and then what they do is get a credit card and that card company that they've gone with use Equifax, I'll get notified that there's been an inquiry for credit. So, I can instantly get on top of that right away. Now, Technically, I should probably have uh, a monthly subscription alert thing with all three bureaus, but I think Equifax is probably the biggest, I think. Don't hold me to that. I could be wrong. Uh, but I've just taken the view, that's fine. I'll just do do one of them because I've, I've mitigated some risk. But the reason I do that is, so as we go on in time with stolen identities and all that stuff, I think it's just getting worse and worse for a lot of people And I would hate uh, to go for a mortgage in three or four years' time. And they say, oh, Glenn, you never paid for that Optus phone bill or that Citibank credit card. So, you're in default. I'm like, well, no, 
I've never had an Optus phone plan or a Citibank credit card. And they're like, well, your credit file here says that you have. Now, that's going to be the biggest pain in the absolute, as my Uncle John used to say, a pain in the freckle. It's going to be absolutely horrendously hard and annoying to have that removed, an incorrect thing off your file, because the burden of proof is on you. Now, there's often questions where people say, how do I clean my credit score? And if there's any companies offering to do that, you really can't uh, clean your credit score unless there is uh, incorrect information on there. So, all that to say, back to the question, Nicole, you do not need to get credit cards. You do not need to get personal loans. You do not need to worry about focusing on your credit score to get your credit profile good, ready to get a mortgage down the track or whatnot. Total fallacy, total myth. It's crept in from the United States because everything in their world is based on this whole credit score crap. And to get a higher credit score, you've got to borrow more money and pay it off. And it's a rinse and repeat. And I don't want to be in this cycle of getting a fictitious number created with some company. I mean, it's this is the fallacy of it. My credit score with Equifax, it's not as good as it, what it could be because I was removed from one of the companies that I set up when we shut down the company as a director and they're saying that that's bad for my credit. I'm like, what planet are we freaking on? Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, it was a bucket company that I'd never really used. And just because I was removed from a director of that company impacts my credit score. Like, absolute crap. Anyway, I've outstayed my uh, post-event question recording it later. Welcome. So, we'll flick back into the show. And thanks, everyone, for coming out to Adelaide. And uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Okay, bye. We're going to leave it there. I've almost lost my voice. Nicole, thank you for waiting patiently. Have you read my book? Oh, there's a heap in there about credit scores. So, thank you, Nicole. Give her a hand, everyone. Well done, Nicole. Um, Well, we'll leave it there, Adelaide. We're hanging around for a couple of days because I'm staying here for another two nights. Um, So, I'll be here all night if you want to catch up for 10 minutes at the end. Uh, John, he's not going anywhere. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I'm moving back here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for supporting uh, the podcast and everything that we do. Thank you to ING and BPay for helping bringing us to Adelaide. Thank you to Phil from Sky Wealth. Thank you to Scott, Daisy and Alex from Everest Wealth as well for being our local event partners. And honestly, thank you for coming out on a school night. You've been great. I've been Glenn James. He's been John Pigeon. See you soon, Adelaide. Give yourselves a hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.